Acts chapter 19, verses 13 through 16. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon themselves to call over them, which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus. So there was people possessed, and these vagabond Jews decided to use the name of Jesus and said, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. And there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jew and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? These seven sons of Sceva came with the right name. They came in the name of Jesus, acting just like Paul, looking the part. But then when it came down to it, the demoniac man said, who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. For the next few moments, I just want to preach on the subject, earn the name. Earn the name. Look to your neighbor and say, earn the name. One more time, can you put your Bibles down and let's pray. Thank you, God, for such a great pastor, such a great church. I pray that this message will propel us into the future, that this isn't a message about punishment, but this is a preventative message, that you're going to prevent us from ever becoming calloused and cold and stagnant and satisfied and complacent. But, God, we're going to be a church of revival. We're going to be a church that prays, a church that fasts. We're going to experience so much growth in 2017. I pray that you open up the floodgates of heaven for us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to do a little activity before I go a little bit further into the message to just talk about the importance of brand names. So we're going to split the room up. It's going to be this room against this room. And what I want you to do, the first person that I hear, so you got to get loud. The first person that I hear, that team gets a point, and we'll see which team wins. We're going to put up some logos, and I want you to just scream out what it is. You ready? I heard someone back there. Next. That's that side again. I heard him over here. I was a tie. Chick-fil-A. Come on, Dallas Cowboys. That's a tie. Okay. All the guys. I didn't hear one guy. McDonald's. None of the guys again. There you go, man. All right. Tarjay, Wally World, Atlanta West. I think this side won because he screamed it out. Let's give it up. You see how easy just by a picture, just by a name, all of a sudden it, you just know exactly what it is. Three red circles, that means Target. The little yellow lines means Walmart. Brand names, we're surrounded by them at the supermarket, on billboards, at shopping mall. Ads flood the TVs, the radios, the internet, hyping the latest project product and solidifying a brand status in the consumer hierarchy. As a society, we've trained ourselves to find importance in brands, even creating identities around the brands that we purchase and consume. Brand names are important because they identify something that's important and of good quality. So in other words, when you think of a Cadillac or a Range Rover or a Lamborghini, automatically all the guys are like, when you see that little gold circle with the MK that I didn't know what it meant until yesterday when I Googled it, all the girls are like, ooh, I want that purse. It's amazing when a girl walks in, all the girls, whether it's a good reason or a bad reason, all the girls go. And they know all the name brands, where it was at, how much it cost. Because brand names are important. 
Today I'm not preaching that we have to have the most expensive brand names because I can't afford those anyways, and if you can afford them, that's fine. But what I'm saying is brand names are important because they automatically invoke feelings within us. And everyone wants the name brand. Everybody wants the most expensive thing, but nobody wants to pay the price for it. All the guys want to ride around in the Lamborghini, but no one wants to take out $100,000 and pay for it. All the girls that go shopping and they just look at it and they look at the price and they're like, no, it's fine. Because everyone wants the name brand, but not many people want to pay the price. And God is calling this church to be a revival church. But if we're going to experience revival like God has for us, we're going to have to pay the price. And the way we pay the price is we have to earn the name. Someone say earn the name. See, we're not trying to compete with any other church, but the mission of Atlanta West Pentecostal Church is to lead people into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ and develop them into fully devoted followers of him. And if we're really going to fulfill our mission, if we're going to see souls saved, if we're going to raise those numbers in 2017, we're going to have to earn the name. Someone say earn the name. It was July 1961 and 38 members of the Green Bay Packers football team were gathered together for the first day of training camp. The previous season had ended with a heartbreaking defeat when the Packers squandered a lead late in the fourth quarter and lost the NFL championship to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Green Bay players had been thinking about this brutal loss for the entire offseason, and now finally training camp has come, and they have a chance to redeem themselves. The players were eager to advance their game to the next level and start working on all their various skills so that they can win this year's championship. The football team went to training camp expecting this master plan about how they're going to beat every team and win. But their coach, Vince Lombardi, had something else in mind. Vince Lombardi walked in front of the training camp, all the professional football players, and he said, men, this is a football. So these are professional football players. They went and played football in middle school, high school, at various schools and universities. So they know how to play football, and they especially know what a football is. I got my wisdom teeth taken out last Monday, and I haven't been able to eat a lot yet, but I haven't forgot what a cheeseburger is. You don't need to hold a cheeseburger and say, DJ, this is a cheeseburger. I I don't know the taste. I don't remember it. But in a couple days, I'm going to remember it. But you don't have to tell me what food is. I know what food is. So you don't have to tell the NFL players what a football is. They know what a football is. But what Coach Vince Lombardi was telling them is, men, we have to get back to the basics. Because if we conquer the basics, if we can succeed in the basics, then we're going to win the championship this year. If we do good in passing, if we do good in running, if we do the basics the right way, then we can beat any and every team. Vince Lombardi was right. Fulfilling the basics caused their success. That year, they went on to beat the New York Giants in the NFL championship, all because they went back to the basics. If this church is going to earn the name, then we got to go back to the basics. Galatians 6, 7 says, whatever you sow, you'll also reap. Whatever you do, you're going to produce the fruit of that. So for the next few moments, I'm going to be your coach, and we're going to go back to some Bible basics. Let's go back to the basics. The first Bible basic we must fulfill is to be able to earn the name is we must pray and we must fast. 
The New Testament church was built on praying and fasting. At Azusa Street, they were built on praying and fasting. This church and the elders were built on praying and fasting. So if we're going to succeed at being a revival church, if we're going to really see souls saved, we got to develop more prayer. we got to develop more fasting. The Bible says in Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. Timothy said it this way, everywhere you go, lifting up holy hands, praying everywhere. That means first thing in the morning, we got to wake up and we got to develop a life of prayer. We can't just let it be for the elders, young people. We can't let it be for the gray-haired people. But at a young age, we have to develop an accountability and say early in the morning, each and every day, I'm going to make sure I'm praying. This church is built on prayer. Every morning at 7 a.m., Cato Quinn rolls over and he hears me calling him because he said, DJ, I feel a call to ministry. And in order for me to have any power, in order for me to experience revival in my ministry, I got to learn to pray. So wake me up in the morning. So at 7 a.m., I wake up and I hear that alarm. And I'm like, oh, I just want to go to bed. It's so early. I know for some of y'all that's like 12 in the afternoon. Forgive me. And I'm like, it's so early. But I'm like, man, I'm going to get up. And so I get up even on mornings I don't want to, and I kneel next to my bed, and I start to pray. I call Kay, and I say, hey, let's have a good day today. Make sure you start it off with prayer, because prayer is what keeps us going. Journey Gale texted me a couple days ago, and I bought her a devotional, and she's been learning to read the Bible every day. And she said, DJ, what I've learned is that when I don't wake up and read the Bible first, then my day is a little bit harder. So when we start off the day reading the Bible, when we start off the day praying, then we're going to be a successful church. That little nursery rhyme that says, if we pray, we will grow, grow, grow. You know that song? I don't know it. I'm not going to try to sing it. I sang last time. But the Bible basic, church, this is prayer. We have to develop more prayer. The second Bible basic we must achieve to earn the name is we must love and live the word of God. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect. Church, this is the Bible. If we keep his word, if we seek him first, God said everything else will be added. For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God has power, but we have to know the word. When the devil came and tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he said it is written. We have to get back to the word. We can't stray from it. We can't try to do opinion it can't be personality it can't be systems it can't be programs it's all at the word of God church this is a bible let's get back to the basics the third and final bible basic that I want to talk about is we have to love and disciple others First Peter 2 9 says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you may show forth the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Jesus told his disciples, go ye therefore to the highways and the byways, making disciples. He said, you are a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. You are salt and light to this world. Our mission is to go not just for the preacher, not just for the pastor, not the Sunday school teacher, but everywhere we go, we are called to go. Church, if we're going to make this church grow, if we're going to have more than 33 we have to go that's the bible basic that's what jesus did they went out two by two saying hey jesus loves you and he can change your life let's go back to the basics if we're gonna have revival if we're gonna have a powerful church then we have to tell people about jesus we have to be more passionate in prayer we have to love his word more let's go back to the basics there's a championship this year and we can win it we can experience an unprecedented revival but the only way it's going to come is if we go back To the basics. Church, this is prayer. Church, this is Bible reading. Church, 
This is loving others. The two greatest commandments is to love God and to love others. The first two Bible basics covers loving God is praying, fasting, and reading the word of God. That's loving God. And the the third Bible basic is loving others. That's what it's about is loving people and discipling people. If we're going to earn the name, we must be a church that prays, fasts, and loves the word of God. Can you give God a hand today? The success of this church is depending on us fulfilling the Bible basics. We must earn the name. We can't be a knockoff church. Revelations 3.1, pastor talked about it to the church in Sardis. I know your works. I know that you're working, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. See, the church in Sardis is referred to as the dead church. So I'm going to say the dead church. This is a knockoff church. It's, a, it's not the real thing. It kind of looks the part, but it's not the real thing. They seem to be a church. They even had the right name, but they didn't have the Bible basics. And saying you have a name that you are alive, Jesus was acknowledging that the church of God there had the correct name. But when he said you are dead, Jesus was telling them that it took more than a correct name to please God. Sadly, many in that church were spiritually dead. Their works weren't perfect before God, and their actions were not complete. They weren't fulfilling the Bible basics. Yes, they went to church. Yes, they used the name of Jesus. Yes, they looked apart, but they didn't have the Bible basics. They had a form of godliness, but they denied the power thereof. I don't want to be a knockoff church. Churches in Europe right now are going out and there's no members. And so they're selling the buildings and now they're becoming skate parks and malls and shopping centers. What, where did that church come from? Those beautiful edifices, those beautiful buildings all of a sudden are empty now. There's no more people. There's no more prayer. There's no more passion. What happens to a church to take it that far? I know Atlanta West is not going that way because Pastor already said today he's put his foot down as the head of this church and said, hey, we're turning around, we're cranking up the speed, and we're going for revival. We're going to pray more, we're going to fast more, we're going to study more, we're going to win more souls, we're going to invite more people, we're going to do more than just take two, we're going to serve harder. If I have to join, welcome to the family. If I have to go through 101 and 201, whatever I have to do, I have to get a part of the mission of God. I have to see a soul saved. We're not going to let Atlanta West be a knockoff church, someone with a great reputation, but no power. Then to the church in Philadelphia in Revelations 3, 8 and 9, Jesus says, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door. Say an open door. And no one can shut it, for you have a little strength. You have kept my word and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews, but are not. They lie. See, the church in Philadelphia is known as the faithful church. This is a church who has earned the name. They have kept God's word and have not denied the name. In the passage, it talks about people who lied saying they were Jews. In other words, they were knockoffs. They were like the men in Matthew chapter 7 who said, I prayed in your name. I casted out demons in your name. And Jesus says, depart from me. I never knew you, ye that work iniquity. They come with the right name. They come looking the part, but really there's no relationship behind it. They're knockoffs. So in Revelation, we have these two churches. We have the knockoff church and the real deal church, the brand name church. 
And the real deal church has an open door set before them. In other words, there's an open door for them to have revival to the Gentiles. So in other words, God has given them a space of grace. God has given them a window of opportunity so that more souls can be won. And they are taking that chance because they have the Bible basics. Both churches seem to be spiritual. Both use the name of Jesus. But only one is alive. And the difference between the knockoff and the real deal is that one has earned the name. And we all know that churches are made up of individuals. So the question I have to ask is, we don't need to say, what can the church do for me? But instead, we need to say, what can I do for the church? Not what can God or the altar call do for me? What can the music and the preaching do for me? But what can I do for the preaching? Oh, preacher, I want you to make me feel good. How about you sit there and preach the preacher's guts out and so that someone else can get a blessing? Oh, I want to pray at the altar. How about you go and lay hands on someone else so that they can get a blessing and then God will bless you? How about we not show up to church for us? How about we show up to church to give to others? How about we show up to church to help a brother or a sister in need? It's not about what can Atlanta West do for me, but I come to Atlanta West to say, what can I do for Atlanta West? What can I do to serve you? What can I do to make sure we have revival? I don't want to be a knockoff church, so I'm not worried about what you can do for me what can I do for you so that we can be the real deal so that we can be a brand name revival church next chapter 19 verses 15 and 16 we talk about the sons of Sceva Acts 19 15 and 16 and the evil spirit answered and said Jesus I know Paul I know but who are you And the man in whom the evil spirits was leapt on them and overcame them and prevailed. Someone say prevailed. Prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. See, the church is made up of individuals. So my question is, are we sons of Sceva or are we Paul? Am I a son of Sceva that looks the part, that has the charismatic personality that loves God, but I don't have the power behind me? Or am I a Paul that when I walk in the room and I pray the name of Jesus on somebody that something happens? So I have to look in the mirror today, and you have to look in the mirror today, and we have to ask ourselves, am I a son of Sceva? I looked apart, but I'm a knockoff. Or am I a Paul? Am I the real deal? The men thought that the name of Jesus was just some magic word, that when they said Jesus, all of a sudden something would happen. They were trying to act and look the part, but that's not so, because they didn't have the relationship behind the name. They looked close enough. They were considered Jews. But the church in Sardis and the son of Sceva, they were knockoffs. They weren't the real deal. They did not earn the name. And so what happened is the evil spirit, instead of the evil spirit departing, the evil spirit jumped on them and prevailed against them and overcame them. Because in other words, if we come in here and we're a knockoff church and we try to do something in the spirit, the opposite actually happens. We lose battles. When we walk into a hospital room and we pray for someone to be healed, when we pray for someone to get the Holy Ghost, instead they start to have doubt like, is that even real? Because we don't have the power and the evil spirit is going to prevail against us if we're knockoffs. But we have to come in the devil's face and we have to show up to church every Sunday being the real deal. We have to show up every Sunday being prayed up, being fasted up, being hungry for the word of God, saying something amazing is going to happen. Be expecting something great from God. Joe Frazier a boxing Olympic gold medalist and world heavyweight champion made this statement. He said, you can map out a fight plan, you can map out a life plan, but when the action starts, it may or may not go the way 
you planned, and you're down to your reflexes. Someone say your reflexes. When something doesn't go right, you're down to your reflexes, which means your preparation. That's where your work shows. If you cheated on that in the dark in the morning, well, you're going to be found out now under the bright lights. Joe Frazier was right. He said, however you practice is how you're going to perform. So however I pray at home, however I worship at home, however I live at home, it's going to show here at the church. However we live out in the world, it's going to show here and it's going to show in our coworkers. Everyone's going to know if we're the sons of Sceva. We might look the part, but we're knockoffs. It's going to show. So my question is, are you the real deal or are you a knockoff? So why am I preaching so hard? If you'd close your eyes for a moment. I want you to ask yourself, search your soul before we go any further. Am I the real deal? Have I been really practicing? Or am I just a knockoff? Have I been looking the part and acting the part? And I had the name of Jesus, but I really don't have the relationship. I don't have the power behind me. Am I the church of Sardis or am I the church of Philadelphia? If you'd look at me. Why? It's because people every day are on their way to hell. My why is because I have a nephew, three-year-old in Jacksonville, Florida, named LJ, who every time he passes a church building, he points at it and says, DJ, because he associates me with the church. And I want him to love the truth. I want him to keep the truth. I want him to be baptized in Jesus' name one day. I want him to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's my why. My why is my family members. My why is the coworkers. My why is the people I see every day. My why is my barber. My why is the people that are the restaurants I go out to eat with. I don't want to see them go to hell. If you were on your way to hell and you knew it, would you want someone to stop and talk to you? Would you want someone to stop and say, hey, tell me about Jesus. Bring me to an altar. Or would you want someone to just slide a business card and then walk away? Would you want someone to really get engaged in your life and build a relationship and say, hey, I'm going to do this journey with you. I'm going to lead you into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not just going to tell you how to get there. I'm going to actually lead you. That is our mission, church. So we have to do it. Because souls are on the line. Can you stand, please? Joe Frazier said, you're down to your reflexes. However you act in practice, however you act is how it's going to happen. When the bright lights come on, it's what you're going to be. So Atlanta West, are we going to be a church of Sardis who's a knockoff church who is alive but yet dead? Are we going to be the church of Philadelphia who has an open door who's going to experience revival in 2017? The decision is yours. Are you going to be a son of Sceva who's a knockoff who uses the name who looks the part? Are you going to be Paul who the devils know and when you pray something happens and demons have to flee and mountains tremble and all this amazing stuff happens because you have the name and you have a relationship with the man of the name. So what am I telling you? It's time to rally for revival. Someone say rally for revival. We're going to push. We're going to pray harder. We're going to fast more. We're going to read our word more. We're going to get excited. We're going to be more passionate. We're going to stay in the altars longer. We're going to show up to men's prayer more. We're going to show up to more events. We're going to go through welcome to the family. One-on-one and two-on-one. Whatever we have to do, we're going to rally for revival. So men, women, church, this 
is prayer. This is fasting. This is a Bible. This is praying for people. This is the Holy Ghost. This is baptism in Jesus' name. Let's practice. Let's practice right now. What are you waiting for? Let's raise our hands right now and let's practice. Let the Spirit of God sweep throughout this place. Let's rally for revival. There's a championship awaiting us. There's revival. There's souls. Your family members can come back. Your family members can experience Jesus for the first time. That broken co-worker who's going through a divorce can come to this church and be changed forever. It's time to rally for revival. Come on, get passionate right now.